If you know me at all, you know that debt is my bread mm -hmm. and danger my butter. Oh, no, danger is my bread and death is my butter. No, no, wait. Danger is my bread. Death, no, death. No, I'm sorry. Death is my... Death and danger are my various breads and, and various butters. Mm -hmm. I was in bed for like three hours, in and out of sleep. I was doing mad Twitter, and then I was falling asleep, and then doing mad Twitter and falling asleep. And I never had the urge to retweet or tweet anything because everything I was reading through Twitter was basically like everything that needed to be said about everything. I, I would argue but it was same, more than everything that needed to be said. Yeah, there's just so much on Twitter, and I feel like I'm either too much in a single bubble or I just haven't like... I don't know. They haven't just followed the right people within that bubble or something like that. You're saying like because everyone's talking about the same thing? It's, yeah, maybe it's all the same thing. There are just sometimes different topics, but it's just, it's all covered. I know. Yeah, I think, I think we both follow a lot of journalists, which yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And I think that when a big story breaks, like which stuff that's going on today, throughout the week. But it's been like the past couple of days, it's just, wah. Yeah, and I think I think when that kind of thing happens, just everyone's talking about the same stuff. Yeah, it's just, yeah, there's no way to add to the conversation unless you can do your own reporting. Things. I do need to find new circles within Twitter. And I'm trying to do that with Indonesia. I'm, try, I'm trying to find like those, uh, both reporters and news outlets and random people talking about it. But I also don't follow enough like funny people on Twitter. Like whoever this is. Like Internet Hippo. Internet Hippo, Pixelated Boat. Various Breads and Butters uh, at some that? later date. At some later date, I know them. Oh, yeah. You can follow them at some later date. The Twitter handle is at some later on date. On Twitter. Okay. I think I have them on Instagram, actually. Oh, yeah. Did uh, you have something to say about winter or summer attire? Uh, will today. For the first I'd, time. What's the temperature, actually, right now? Michelle, can you check the temperature? A high of 93 and a low of 67. Will had a really big decision today that it would be so hot that it, there was just no other option besides wearing shorts. Will never wear shorts. Why do you never wear shorts, Will? Mm. Don't like wearing shorts. This is a touchy topic. Always goes back to fifth grade. Yeah, well, I, first of all, like I like feeling like my legs are covered, and I like the look of like pants better, I think. But also when I was in elementary school, my friend's dad said I had chicken legs. Haven't worn shorts since, until mm. today. So, How does it feel to be wearing you, shorts right now? As the listeners can see, I am wearing shorts right now. Yeah, it, it feels um, a little uncomfortable. But, does, uh, does it feel liberating? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't like, feel liberating. Do you regret the decision or do you like it? Uh, I think I'm glad I made it because it you're still wearing really a long sleeve shirt though. Yeah, but it's rolled up for okay, the listeners at home. But it's rolled up. Why, why I, don't you just wear a t-shirt? I'm with Ian I, on this. I don't why? have shirts. Depend on thickness, not sleeve length. Oh, we I have think a guess. Combination Whoa. of both. Whoa. Are you guys, are you guys starting to get annoyed at each other oh, now that it's getting closer to the end? And you guys are like, maybe it happens. It's our way of like dealing with exactly departure. dealing with the departures mm. that you guys are going to just like, uh, I didn't like him anyway. And then yeah. am I bringing up oh, a lot of stuff? That would be sad. This is, this is gonna yeah, be you're bringing up a lot of stuff. Before you delve into that, can we confirm and, and accept that it's not the shirt sleeve length? It's the thickness that matters. It's clearly a combination Ooh, of the true. two. It, it's it, also it it could be. true, Michelle. But I, I don't think, think people, under, people underestimate the thickness. Will has his sleeves rolled up. So they are barely, barely any longer than the T-shirt. And that's uh, fashion acceptable. I think Ben has a good point. He also has his collar unbuttoned more than the t-shirt allows for. That's true. So if we want to talk like square inch coverage. Got some breeze. 
Then I think we've got an even uh, even bounce there. There's a lot of hair down there. But his shorts make him look dorky, so... God, I hate shorts. Don't insult him. Wow. He'll never wear shorts again. Wow, you know yeah. it's a sensitive topic, that's, that's and you just thing. said that He finally, finally opened up to wearing shorts. But I'm just pointing out how easy it is to control him. I'm just glad I have supportive friends like Michelle to help me through this time. I'm going to take a quick look. <laughs> <laughs> the record, uh, Simon is looking under the table. That seems pretty good. To the watchers at home, uh, Ian just said Simon was looking under the table. Good luck. I think we should be very, very blunt. But yeah, it's it is round two. So what episode is ninety three? Ninety three. No, no. What episode is this? Will it's yeah, it's ninety four. You should definitely acknowledge that ninety three doesn't exist. Oh, are we doing that? We're definitely. Oh, doing you want to do it that way? We're definitely if, doing if this. If we have, if we okay. have what forty something lost episodes? Okay. Why yeah. is this not a lost episode? <laughs> okay, but here's 42. here's the question. This is going to confuse the shit out of people. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, that that is the question. Will we anybody have... except the five of us realize that there's no? Maybe Peter. Peter will. Will anybody Someone... besides the six John, people? John Locke. He'll know. Oh, John will know. Anyone besides the seven people? Renan, right. maybe? Renan probably is not going to okay. notice. Let's, not gonna let's know. say it. Less than a dozen people will notice <laughs> I that, believe that's that, the, true. That, the, that, the, that the last episode was, was actually lost. So. For real, finally. Uh, I, again. Uh, yeah. I shouldn't say for real. Not even for real. For the first time since the 1 to 42 run. Yeah. We thought we had it down. Yep. If you have a way to find the last episode in 93, email us at variouspreadsandbutters at gmail.com. Thank you. Or, or tweet us at some later date. This is episode 94 of Various Breads and Butters. Uh, we're having special guest hosts today. I'm Will Madison Square Gordon, and this is my co-special guest host, Ian Code Morse. And our guests today are Simon Portman-Tonev and Ben Brickhouse-Cohen. We don't, have, we don't in, have a studio. In the studio, we have <laughs> Michelle-Poulton-Simon. Hello. Intern. Producer. Hey, hey, I, I'm not an intern anymore. Producer. It's been like a year. Producer. I just want to say I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled to be here. You must I'm be thrilled, thrilled that here. you two are here. I must Thanks. be. What are you most thrilled about? Are you most thrilled about doing this the second time? I mean, I'm somewhat thrilled about doing it a second time, having lost episode 93. We had a 40 episode run without losing how about, one. How about like every 40-ish episodes we lose an episode? Mm-hmm. Just make it a thing. Is somebody going to tell Michelle it's been 50 episodes? Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right, it was 50, not 40. This, um, this means we were 10 episodes past due for losing an episode. <laughs> the thing is, molasses fires are just never timely, and mm-hmm. that's the problem. I thought the cloud was supposed to fix all this. So if we want to, like, address the journey question right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Sure. We already, got, we already know you guys. We know that you were an engineer in a copian. And I, then you were to I, I wasn't an engineer in a copian. I, I was in said. the building. That's what you said in the last episode. And a copian is the engineering building. That is true. Both of those things are true, but that doesn't make me an engineer. Hmm. Okay. Don't you usually just make the magic happen? I think that's, that's what you said. Yeah, in a sense, I think. Uh, to explain what the student-faculty ratio is. Ben and I have this thing where Ben is upset because I, to me it's obvious why the student-faculty ratio and average class size aren't the same thing. And um, he's upset not at the fact that they are not the same thing. I accept that they're different yeah. things. Yeah, he's cool with that. He's he's upset at my... Um, uh, the, the flippant way in which I that's su- very well put suggests that well of course they're not the same thing yes yes of mm. course nobody would confuse those things nobody would as the way I phrased it was nobody would confuse the ratio of students in a classroom to the faculty member in the classroom to the student to faculty ratio and as I pointed out students take multiple classes and that is likely a larger number of classes than professors teach that's right. correct covered Michelle that topic is correct. 
Actually, <laughs> I don't. I forget if I uh, said this to you guys before, but Will, for his last exam, mm-hmm. he's like, Ian, all right, I really don't want to study for this exam. What grade do I have to get? <laughs> what grade do I have to get to maintain my 93 average? 93, well done. Bro. And I, we, did, we did a lot of math. To maintain mm-hmm. your 93 average, you must have, or you must get a 93. That's true. It yes. was not a math class that Will was doing. VAs. Who's got the higher GPA? Ian, for what's your GPA? Uh, Will was pointing at me. 391. Will? 3.86. So we both got SUMA. Yeah, so you guys probably didn't really try that hard. Do you guys find that your GPA went up as you were here? Nope. Nope. Uh, wait, it mostly went down. 393, 395, 394, 393, 392, 391. Still pretty wow. good. How do you manage Yeah, that? he doesn't try at all. That's why I had it all memorized. Nice. Taking tests and I got good at writing papers, and so it just that that sort of procedural knowledge sort of followed me, and I just got I got better at that. And so I would I remember in my senior year I'd be doing tests, and I would be like a multiple choice test. I go I I know this is the right answer, but I'm I can't exactly explain why. Like there was some some sort of implicit knowledge that just helped me do well. I think my uh, it started high the first semester, then plummeted, and then came back up the rest of the college. This is at Virginia Tech. This is at Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. My my journey, mm-hmm. Virginia Tech. But oh, I, see. I, I, re- I remember uh, ascribing the rise in GPA to taking classes that I liked. Oh, maybe that's it. Which too. didn't happen for the yeah. first couple of years. I started to like. Oh, I enjoy doing this. That's also mm-hmm. a good explanation of what my, of <laughs> yeah. my thing. I mean, I think my GPA has gone up as I've taken more. Like as the percentage of classes that I'm taking is more within the fields that I want to be studying. Mm. I started taking classes that I'm. A little like uncomfortable with taking like i'm used to humanities social science classes with like no math involved or anything like that um but then i started taking econ classes and some computer science classes yeah also i spent all four years here and i never went abroad i oh, think sorry, people uh, point. yeah actually people, both times i went abroad it was a you know all a's kind of thing yeah i didn't count that though like it, that's why you can't compare gpas like i wonder about student perceptions of studying abroad because they all love it and anytime I actually have a conversation with a student who loved it and talked, it's transformative, changed my life. Like, what did you learn? And they never ha- it never has anything to do with actual instruction or classes. They find themselves. They find themselves in Europe. Yeah, so... Hmm. But how do students talk about this? They're like, yeah, you know how this is. We're studying abroad, easy 4-0, and I can just, like, go out every night for four months. Well, so actually the funny thing, because Will didn't study abroad, he, um, he still had his, like, study abroad moment, which was his road trip. And that was the thing. That, oh, like, yeah. That's the thing every, I talk about. Every time there was like some kind of like, yeah. oh, have you guys ever done this? Or like tell him about funny stories. Like he'd be like, oh, on my road trip <laughs> yeah. instead of like, oh, in Europe last semester or something. Yeah. Now, but, where, did, where did you study abroad yet? Uh, I studied in the first time in Istanbul and then okay. the second time in England, Cambridge. Students think study abroad is going to be very easy, very easy classes. You can bump your GPA up very quickly. I think there also is value, though, in um, having students study abroad. And even if you can't articulate why um, it kind of like open your eyes, very cliche, open your eyes. It, it is valuable to see that like there are things done differently in other places, mm-hmm. which means that in the U.S., the way we do things is not fixed. It's not the right. only way to do things. It's a good, and that, that good you can't really articulate it that, that right. well. I should clarify same, too, like I don't, I don't actually have an argument against study abroad. I think it's, yeah, yeah. I think it's a wonderful experience. I'm just surprised that students don't often articulate. Yeah. There are reasons why it was so great in terms of education. Now, Ben, did you study abroad? 
I did not. I did not either. I don't think it was an option for me. And well, do you regret not studying abroad? Would if you could do it again, would you do it? Um, I'm not sure. I think I did a couple two interim trips mm-hmm. um, that I went abroad on. Um, Where'd so you I go? Think I went to El Salvador and Madagascar. Well, doesn't that count? Why doesn't that count? That's it's, it's semester study abroad. I think was the yeah. It's also those trips weren't as immersive. Mm-hmm. Well, how long were they? Uh, the Madagascar one was three weeks, and well, how long El was Salvador your road trip? That was also three weeks. But that was more like free, you know what I mean? Did, like, did you drive to California? Yeah. Is this where all the on the road references came from? Well, it came, that came from reading the book. But. <laughs> <laughs> did you read the book before or after? Uh, I read the book in like high school sometime. Okay. I often am also critical of study abroad stuff, but only in the way people treat study abroad, like what they use it for, the motivation for doing that or something like that. Yeah. Sometimes I get frustrated with the way people come back and they're like, oh, I found who I really was abroad and things like that. And then I'm like, well, who were you before that? And what about and you being can't in a find different place? Yeah. yeah, why can't you find yourself here? And like, what does that even mean? There is a there is a tricky thing too of, it is, you'll, you'll correct me if I'm overgeneralizing. I will. But between the ages of say 17, 18 and 22, 23, that's probably the big transformation in finding out or thinking about who you are. Yeah. So you happen to be in college at that time. So it stands to reason that you would have a lot of yeah, comments yeah. about finding out more about who you are, mm-hmm. regardless yeah. of where you are. You can take yeah. a road trip, yeah. <laughs> or you can go to Ecuador or Cambridge. Yeah. yeah. Michelle, are you planning on studying abroad? I don't know. I don't Make think a decision, I don't, Michelle. I don't think I'm going to study abroad for a semester, but I would like to do at least an interim trip. Are there, are there reasons, I'm not trying to delve into no, personal, but are there reasons that you wouldn't it. want to do a, a semester abroad? Given, uh, given that I didn't do a semester abroad, are there reasons that you wouldn't? I mean, for me, it has a lot to do with the things that I do on campus mm-hmm. um, and taking a semester off of a lot of them would make it really difficult to get back Very into them point. and to like have the leadership positions that I currently have. For mm-hmm. the listeners at home who don't live here. Michelle is a very active on-campus citizen. Very active. Uh, yeah, I have, I have, I do lots of things here. If I, if I went abroad for a semester, I would have to drop at least a substantial number of them. She couldn't produce this podcast. That's one. That that's is true. Oh, yeah, that's, true. that's Michelle. That's part of the reason why I didn't go abroad. Because the intern yeah. duties. It really, yeah, because the intern duties. Right. Oh no, it depends on the person. I think. Like. If, yeah, I also yeah. like. I would like to spend more time abroad, just not necessarily like through studying abroad. Whether that's sure. like traveling myself or like living abroad for like on my own time but can i ask when you went abroad did you give half an amulet to will to wear around his neck and you would wear the other half knowing that if you ever got separated again you would know that you have to find a way to to find find each other yeah did that happen so you're suggesting friendship necklaces but like slightly more magical yeah like amulets uh, are sort of better is that that was that part of any discussion i think we did that didn't we our beds touch. What are we? <laughs> wow. we, got a, we got a scoop here on various present butters. Wow. Can, uh, fix that in post. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Where do you get amulets these days? How much do they cost? I don't think they sell them. I think you've got to find one more than them. like sell it. Like you can't buy it easily, but you can probably you have to like fire it in a cauldron of your own making and like okay. smelt the yeah, iron. If or I, like be like find a really sketchy store that like you go back one day and it's gone and it. It's like it never was there. Mm. Yeah, that sort of thing. That's exactly what, about, right. what about matching tattoos? Oh, have you thought about that, Will? Yeah, I, you probably thought about. that, I right? thought you got one. What? Oh no, oh, did not. No, I thought you you said get this what? tattoo, and then you were gonna get one. What? I thought you said that. What? Mm. Oh, no. Wait. So you got one. I have. That's a the implication. Tattoo, a matching tattoo. He did his part. So where? Wait. What, do you do you guys actually who? have any ink on your bodies? 
that you want to that you want to tell the uh, <laughs> I mean I really mean like personal. I, yeah I, I want to know I want to know these issues. Do you have any ink on your body, Simon? Well, that's an interesting no. question. I this do is not. this is a typical journey question. Are you sure? Well, I think I mean I think it's interesting to me because we I think when I was <laughs> when I was growing up, the idea of having a tattoo was like not mainstream at all. And now it almost seems like it's main. It's not mainstream to not have a tattoo somewhere in your body. And I'm not. There's no value judgment there, but it just you lost seems me your like, double negative. It's not mainstream sorry. to not have a. It is. It is mainstream to have a tattoo. Sorry, but I I, I feel like days. it's uh it, it's like more people have tattoos than don't. That's probably just my own perception. I never. I just never had any interest. It wasn't. I never made a choice like this is something I'm not going to do or something I'm going to do. It just never really occurred to me that it would be a point. I, I will admit. I don't think this had anything to do with it for my own sake, but no, my parents were of that generation where they were, were very, very clearly against tattoos, like mm-hmm. the post-Holocaust generation. Oh, there you go. They didn't, they, because uh, my sister got a tattoo, they were very upset she had to hide it. Mm-hmm. My my parents would not be okay with me getting a tattoo. Is so you're that, saying, you're saying right sense. now you don't have one, Michelle. I do not have a tattoo. I'm also, like one of the scariest things for a non-tattoo person, non-tattooed person, mm-hmm. But a person who knows about getting tattoos is that once you get the first tattoo, like you've broken the ink barrier mm. and you just don't stop. I've had several friends who just have not stopped after they got the first tattoo. Wow. And w- within like 18 months, they have five. <laughs> like when you're getting the first tattoo, you think it has to represent your entire being. Sure. And naturally, like once you get in, then you realize, okay, that's actually the only part of me. You get more, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. But it, like, so the actually the best rationale I've heard for getting a tattoo like, well, small, simple, whatever it is, not much money. You're talking dolphin mark. on the ankle tattoo. I'm talking something like that. Yin yang mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Something inconspicuous. Yeah. The best argument for that is that it will mark whatever represents you at a certain period in your life. Mm. And it's, that's not something you usually want to forget. Yeah. I would and just write it down. I would guess that also <laughs> you, you probably wouldn't forget, like, if that was the only yeah. reason you remembered. Oh, yeah. True. I mean, like, this is a really right, important right. marker of who I am in my life oh, no. right now, but I probably am not going to remember this. It's the same, same thing with a diary, though. So, like, you keep a diary because you like want to keep your thoughts for every day or yeah. something like that. So if you if you have that impulse to get that tattoo, just just get a, get diary. a diary. It's a lot more I, work. I always rem- every time I look at my ankle, it always jogs my memory. So I don't know. Where can people email us if they have their tattoo stories to tell us? Uh, uh, well, you have a tattoo. Send us a picture and the story and email us at butters at gmail.com. I'm gonna ixnay on the picture. Don't 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 send a picture. I am not only, checking that email. Only, <laughs> only send a picture if it is a VBB. Hashtag VBB tattoo. That's true. Actually, okay, uh, real question though. What kind of people were you guys in college? That's a really good question, Ian. Uh, hmm. Well, I would make a great to, cub reporter. I wasn't in a clique or a thing. I, I wasn't a fraternity. Sometimes I forget that I was in a fraternity. It didn't wasn't you were in me. a fraternity? Phi Delta Theta. Nice. Were, would you, you call yourself a frat bro? No, we we weren't a uh, very big frat. And uh, the fact that I forget that I was ever in a fraternity, I think, speaks a lot to um, its, its la- unlasting, la- lack of enduring uh, value to my life. I have a mm. couple friends, uh, like friend of the show, hopefully future guest, Eric Dawson. Hey, Eric, um, who's a fraternity brother. Hey, Eric. Besides that, I don't know if I know anybody who was in it. Mm. So I could not say that I was like a fr- I was not a frat bro. I was not athletic. I would I would say oh, my... sorry sorry oh, and, sorry uh, go ahead and also the question about who you were in college though is that necessarily a question of whether you were in a frat or whether you no were I just when you asked I was like team. I don't know how to answer it so I was thinking what did I do in college like it's what? just a small friend group and listen to music a lot and watch so. the Simpsons a lot and when did you develop your fish fandom 
that we will talk about later in the show. A, a little, like halfway through college. At first, it was it was Grateful Dead. I saw the Dead um, about five, six times before. Oh, whoa. That's cool. Before that's, their that's end, six cents. And I picked up on Fish from that same orbit. There's clearly a lot of overlap. And then I realized that I actually much preferred Fish. I just like their music a lot more. So I just, uh, you know, skipped over. Hmm. Hmm. Simon, you know, I, I, uh, a lot of people sort of just. Uh, make a delineation of their lives, you know, before college, after college, you know, they go to college, they become adults, they grow up. I actually would push that line to graduate school because when I went to college in Toronto, I commuted from home. So I lived at home with my parents in the same home I grew up in in high school and stuff like that. And so college ended up being more of a continuation of high school for me in some ways. It was just more school. But it wasn't until I went to Duke for graduate school and I moved out of the house. I was living on my own for the first time, which was super scary because I didn't have like a dorm that I was living your in. Your whole I didn't college have... life, you lived at home? I lived at home, yeah. yeah. The whole you time. never had the inkling to get your own place? Not even like I, an apartment? I think I got my own place for a summer. You know, lived in the dorm, a dorm for a summer, but but not nothing. Is that common? Is that like a Canadian thing? Well, I think... I think... Are you an only child? No, I, I have a brother, but, but the... How does your brother never come up? What's your brother know. doing? I don't know. He's he's in Toronto. He's a management consultant. Well, Front of the show, future guest, Simon's brother. Maybe. Current brother. What does he have? What? Uh, Peter. Peter. Yeah. Older, younger? Uh, older. Two years older. He, has he, he never also, visited he here? He also commuted. Mm-hmm. He has never visited here, no. Never? No, not once. <laughs> does he there? exist? I don't know. He does. Does he look like you? He's there. Yeah, sort of. I when you go home online. to visit your parents, do you see him? I do, yes. If you Instagram a picture of him, will you caption it? Will it not um, need a brother. caption because you two look so much alike? That's true. Is it weird? Saying, oh, it's a picture. No, he does not have a beard. Does he listen to the show? Oh, definitely not. Um, My sister does. Graduate school. Um, you're graduate finding school. who That's you when he became are. a person. Well, yeah. So, you're studying so, abroad in America. Well, yeah, in, in a way. And so and so it wasn't just going to college where, you know, you have a dorm and a meal plan. And going to college is a little bit of like training wheels for adult life because you've got things sort of set up for you. You don't have to, you don't have to figure out everything. Whereas when you go to graduate school, it's essentially a job and you have to get your own apartment, you have to get your own car, you have to buy groceries, you have to have a budget and all that stuff, which scared the heck out of me because I had never done that by myself. How'd you get through like the first couple months? It did was, you eat? I did eat. I got a lot of coupons at Arby's and they <laughs> really? had these deals, five beef and cheddars for five. Were you thinking meat a lot? I was a lot at the time. I, I was a bit heavier than I am now, um, eating bad food. I, I, I will say, in all seriousness, I developed that, like, the sense that, that friends could be a, a type of family had never really struck me before until mm. then, because I needed a family, and the people that were around were my friends, the people that I'd met in graduate school, and so, That's so I sweet, developed actually. a... Uh, I did, thank you. Can I re-answer, too? Yeah, go ahead. Because it occurred to me, like, I didn't study abroad because I, was, I did co-op, which was a full semester, so it took me five years to do my undergrad because for four semesters I worked somewhere else. Ben was slow. And I started my uh, spring semester of sophomore year, so I was 19, and lived in Michigan with another guy from North Dakota, Brian Barsh. I wish he was a friend of the show. Great guy, North Dakota, like cowboy guy from Sturgis where they have a lot of motorcycles. But it was just like the two of us in an apartment, 19, and we had to find the grocery store and didn't know like where it was or how you buy things. And... Uh, you didn't I, know how to buy things. Well, we didn't know, like... Had you like, never you been a, to a grocery store before, like, before, they before college? But have you ever written a check? Like, I know today nobody writes checks anyways, but, like, how do you pay? Like, what if I don't have money? Like, do I go to the ATM? Or do I have to wait for my paycheck? Uh, do you buy all your food, like, all at once? Do you just buy, lunch, like, lunch for that day? Like, there's a lot of stuff to figure out. 
So you didn't have a class in college that was how to buy things? No. I mean, you you see it from your parents, like, growing up, but it's, it's like when you drive in a car, and now I'm aware, like, whenever we drive somewhere, I know where we're going because I'm driving, but you ask the kids, where where was it? Like, if they drove somewhere, like, I don't know. Like, you never know if you're in the back seat. You're because, being chauffeured. Yeah, you're being chauffeured. So it's kind of like that. Like, I was chauffeured my whole life to do all these things, so I, I'd seen it, but it's not as obvious until mm-hmm. you're doing it. Wait, so what did you, where'd you work? I worked at Dow. Oh, oh, okay. So we talked about that in episode ninety three, the last episode. Yeah, so I was a chemical time. engineer, and then I became a history double major towards the end of the four of the five years because it was clear to me that I had to take like one more class and I'd be a double major because mm. I always took history uh, electives. Yeah, but um, right from the start, I got in that uh, co op job, and so I was in Michigan for two for three semesters. I was in Connecticut for one semester. Where in Connecticut? In Norwich, Connecticut, near. Uh, Near Mystic. Oh, cool. It's Will's old stomping ground. It's, I loved it there. It was awesome. Kind of far away from my old stomping ground. Okay. Way on all, the all east the, side. All the location names, place names in Connecticut all sound just very old. You know, I wonder, uh, Ben, if your time in Connecticut inspired um, a certain <laughs> thing I read uh, the other day. <laughs> well, read, what was that, Will? Uh, it was, I know leaves are by definition leafy, but I point out the leafiness of these leaves just to say that the tree on this particular quarter is particularly leafy. An apt observation. That was from the column My Favorite Quarters. Hmm. 2003. 2003. And I like fact, that list. Fun fact. Uh, which state is that for, that quarter? Connecticut. Is Are there any trees or leaves on the Connecticut state quarter? No. Hmm. Well, there what? is a tree. There is a tree. The, the famous oak. oak. Big scoop. Charter but you, oak. But you can't actually see any leaves. And you just wrote that, just scrawled it on a piece of paper and gave it to Will, or where was that published? That was published in McSweeney's. Oh, I've heard of them. That's it's very come up good. a lot on the show. <laughs> he actually just, just scrawled it on a piece of paper and said, can you read this on air? It's yeah. my favorite list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Simon also has some McSweeney's things, or things he submitted to McSweeney's, right? But it eventually got published in a different kind of journal. Yeah, right? he uh, he actually submitted, th- this, is a, this is a quote out of something Simon submitted to McSweeney's. It's uh, pretty hilarious. To avoid modality-specific interference, in Experiment 1, we employed (laughs) visual presentation of materials and auditory secondary tasks, and in Experiment 2, we presented the verbal information to be remembered auditorily and asked for spoken responses at retrieval, whereas the concurrent task involved visual stimuli and manual responses. Was that your yearbook quote, actually? That that was. (laughs) When did Um, you submit that? I see, see they that didn't take it? if you wanted a writing sample, I would have happily given you one that I actually wrote. I don't think I actually wrote that. I was I was an author on the paper, but uh, some people don't realize that when there are multiple authors on a paper, it's not like okay, you write every third word, yeah, and I'll write every second word. Some people write sections. I thought you had modality specific. I thought that was your that does that that does sound like me. I'll admit. Was this the one of the first things you co-authored on? It's from two thousand. So. Yeah, as an undergraduate, I worked on. Yeah, I know it's the future. Um, I I <laughs> I, uh, I co-authored that, but like as an undergraduate, I worked on memory and divided attention and stuff like that. And so what, what? some of the uh, so they they would do like <laughs> it was uh, a joke on a divided attention. Uh, I'm kind of busy doing I, other stuff right I now. I thought you were actually asking me. Mm-hmm. Anyway. No, no, we already talked about it. Episode we did. Um, and we're not going to forget that kind loved of it. stuff. Yeah. Listeners would have loved it. It was, it was right after the uh, Alfred Paraff discussion, but uh, yep. everyone knows who that is. So, 19th every- century, the king of the swindlers. Yep, every single person. For the record, Simon studied uh, memory and specifically directed forgetting. This guy remembers. So oh, I listen- didn't even so think about that. Listeners, right now, <laughs> forget that I said that. They can't. Actually, did you? what was your... I'm going to ask a question. What was your dissertation writing experience? Was it a good, generally good experience, bad experience? It was a fair experience. Yeah. 
I, a lot of people like they, they struggle the idea of writing a dissertation or even an honors thesis or something like that. People are like, Oh, it's the hardest thing I ever did. I really struggled. It was, you know, it was just a sleepless night, stuff like that. I, it no. was relatively simple. It was real. I, I actually am astonished now. I don't know how, why I can't get that writing groove back. <laughs> oh, for your book about Alfred Praff. For yeah. one yeah. chapter. Too busy tweeting. <laughs> I just got my honors thesis actually printed. On it as a tattoo on your back? <laughs> just so he remembers what he was like at the time. It's, it's, it's a in really, really, really small font. Yep. All right, maybe it's a good time to move on to the quiz. Definitely. Oh, there's a quiz. And the quiz is on whether this is a historical, a famous, or otherwise known bromance or fomance. You're very proud of this quiz. I am so proud of this quiz. I also fomance. made up the word fomance. Would you say that this is your proudest moment as a Lafayette student? It has definitely so, surpassed his his thesis. Michelle, yeah. has he been talking this up all week? All week. Yeah, it's not it's not your thesis. Not being a nominee for the prep. It's not study abroad. It's not yeah, study abroad. Not, it's not newspaper. It's it's this quiz. Oh, do you want my resume? You can just read off my resume. Hey, oh. Hmm. He was an intern. Various yes. Resmoters. Oh, yeah. Air quotes, air quotes. For the listeners at home. Mm. Oxford English Dictionary is yet to accept the fomance, but they accepted bromance in 2010. Okay. Well, all right. So let's do it. Bring it on. We're going to start with the easy one, and Will's going to answer. We're going to go to studio, and then we're going to go to our guests. Do you have any advice for me, Simon, as I take this quiz? I would, uh, I would give away the whole answer. Yeah, I would explain definitely. why you know specifically, yep. assertively, what the correct answer yeah, is. Yeah, whenever you get a chance to display that you have knowledge that other people may not, just take that chance. Like yell Eureka or something like exactly, that. Exactly, anytime. Jinkies. And I'm talking not just in this quiz, in life in general. Just let everybody around you know, I know stuff. Okay. Mm. And people love that. I appreciate that. No problem. So, Will. Bromance so, or dead? <laughs> I was thinking about doing that actually. Um, bromance or Canadian? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, is this a bromance or fomance? Frodo and Sam. That is a bromance. Studio. That is a bromance. That is a bromance. Lord of the Rings, bromance. And fact check that is a indeed a bromance. Can oh. I make one suggestion for college students? Um, mm-hmm. If you are co oping and you have to take summer school two years, which I did. And these are uh, six-week classes, and one of the classes you take is science fiction and fantasy literature. Not a good idea to read Lord of the Rings in, in three weeks. Mm. Give yourself a little more time there. Oh, yeah, I would think so. Although I still remembered Sam and Frodo. Did you read The Hobbit as well in that? We did. We read oh, four wow. books. That sounds more harrowing than the journey in Lord of the Rings itself, to read the books in three weeks. It was, and I was, as I've said before, I was not really quite yet a big reader. Will's good at metaphors. I just want to say that. Thank you. No problem. What's the next question? So we got that one right. Yeah. All right. Next question. Next question refers to episode with uh, Sarah Morris. Sarah Morris, Horace Morris. Friend of the show, past guest. Bojack and Todd. Uh, That, I believe, I think is a bromance. I would go bromance. I'm currently rewatching that show. (laughs) I'm excited to rewatch it ahead of the new season. And I think uh, it's a fractured bromance, but I'm going to say yes. Well, if Ben thinks it's a bromance, then it's a bromance. He's, but at a, least he's an expert. We acknowledge why this might be a difficult question because it is fractured. Yeah, because Bojack points. doesn't always treat Todd so well. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, people can fight in bromances. It's okay. Todd's also yeah, a bit of a moocher in, in Bojack's, you know, defense. Mm. Also, Bojack needs Todd. You know? Yeah. Okay. He really needs him more than he'd like to admit sometimes. Uh, next one. Woodward and Bernstein. Ooh, this is a hard one. Uh, That's a good actor, man. You drama? Wish I, <laughs> wish I knew the answer. Can you can you do it a two layer one? Is and they both have to be true or false. Uh, Redford and Hoffman, Woodward mm. and Bernstein. Are they both romances? Mm. Or are they both fomances? Ooh, 
Do you do you know the answer to? There's one Birdman song. It's Birdman. not my quiz. Well, but you could you could put it on uh, make it Redford Hoffman. I'm gonna say no to Bernstein and no to Hoffman and Redford. Hmm. Studio. Do the answers have to be the same for both of these? Or Canadian? Okay, I'm gonna go yes to Woodward and Bernstein. No to Hoffman. I'm gonna go no to Woodward and Bernstein and no to Hoffman and Redford. I'm actually going to say the same thing. I think I remember that Woodward and Bernstein were, they didn't hate each other, but they were just work I don't, colleagues. I don't know that they're friends. Yeah, and then, and then I think Redford and Hoffman, it's like, if they haven't, have they started anything since then? I don't think so. I don't yeah. imagine, I have no, I actually don't know the answer, but I don't think they dislike each I'm other. I'm sure they're friendly. Think, if they see each other at a party, they'll say, hello, Bob, right. hello, Dusty. But it's Dusty. not Paul, it's not like Newman and Redford. Yeah, no, it's not That's that. a bromance. That's, that's a Butch Cassidy. Yeah, that's a bromance. That's a stink. So the answer is, Robert Redford and Paul Newman are definitely a bromance. Next question. Oh, I see. Okay. But yeah, no, they were just colleagues. Yeah. Woodward and Bernstein. And what about Redford and Hoffman? Kind of like kind of like the uh the Ben and Simon with Phoebe B, if you know that podcast. And yeah. the uh the Will and Ian with the Lafayette. I was trying to cultivate the perception that we don't get along outside the studio, mm-hmm. but it wasn't sticking. How are you trying to cultivate that? Yeah, perception? how were you trying to cultivate that? How did you get your black eye, Simon? Mm, because somebody said you want to go to lunch and they asked both of us as if we hang out. <laughs> So what did you say? No, uh, yeah. I'll go if Simon doesn't go. I said, why would you assume we hang out uh, it, outside the show? Group text. So you should have just privately messaged him and said, "I'll go if Simon doesn't like, go." Listen, I hope Simon. Do- I hope I didn't accidentally reply to both of you because mm-hmm. I want to tell you something about Simon and I off air. I can't go to lunch if he's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Did I? Uh, there's no reason that I would have brought this up, but uh, I accidentally did this like. In the real world once. Oh, did you really? I was organizing a, a, a conference session Ugh. at a history conference, and I invited two scholars whose work was very similar, and I knew both of their work, and I thought it would make a good session. And then something happened where I actually overbooked it, so I had to uninvite one of them, and I felt horrible about that because I had never done that. It was completely my error. But when I uninvited her, there was a really snarky reply that wasn't so much that I was horrible. Mm. It was like, oh, who did you talk to? Oh, whoa. I'm like, whoa, whoa what do you mean? And it turns out that the two scholars were in a legal suit because the one had accused the other of plagiarism. Ouch. And they were mortal enemies who had already been in court, and I did not know any of this. Although the fact that I thought both their work was very similar, I guess, would stand to reason. Super similar. Yeah. VBB fact, research skills. identical. Quiz research skills coming back. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like if the one time in my life when I had to uninvite somebody happened to be the one time yeah. where that person would think that there was a a deeper reason for it when there actually wasn't. Did you get the the person that came to the conference? Was it the one that was suing the person for plagiarism? Or is it the no, one, it was the one that got, allegedly plagiarized? The one that got sued for it. it. It was not plagiarism. Well, I guess we'll let a court decide that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think a court did. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're good. We're good. <laughs> All right, next up. Mm-hmm. Edward Drinker Cope and Othniel Charles Marsh. Oh, are you just making up names? Oh, yeah. So, Will? I'm going to say yes. That it was a bromance. Studio. I'm going to say no. I'm going, I actually know the answer to this. Oh, yeah? Because I think even on the last episode, I mentioned that these were two cognitive psychologists who had a lifelong battle over memory. Um, oh, that's why I, maybe I forgot. The only thing I know is that that's not right. So I'm going to say no. They call it the Tonerico rivalry. Nope. <laughs> that's, wanna... by the way, that that's uh, my, uh, my current past... Friend of the show, Pascal's current wife, Jennifer Tallarico, and my combined name is Tonerico. So just she's also you know. a psychologist. So yeah, for yeah. Who don't Whenever you guys find that life partner, 
um, make sure you make sure you find someone that you can combine your last names because that's can we, awesome. I, I, I do also, think, this I think is, that an, may mean that I'm screwed. Yeah, you got you got you got to do something about that, Michelle. That has well, come up, right? Like, what do the hyphenated generation do when they marry each other? It mm-hmm. comes up very, very, very frequently. Well, Michelle, you could marry someone whose last name is either Poulton or Simon. That might help. There are very, very few Poltons out there, and okay. all of them are my like first cousins. So. Don't marry them. No, don't do that. That's that's our tip to you. Don't marry your first cousin. First cousin. <laughs> well, <laughs> Michelle, you. Michelle no Poulton, Simon, Simon. Yeah. There, well, there are there are substantially more Simons out there. Do hyphenated names? Do you, do they combine them? Will you just be like Pullman Simon, like combine mm-hmm. Poulton and Simon, and then add the other one? I mean, my. I mean, it's not on you. It'd be uh, if you had children. I mean, Poulton is a combination name already, so oh, we're just digging on? deep. Man, what was the answer? <laughs> oh, to uh, to Edward Drinker Cope and mm-hmm. Othniel Charles Marsh. They were both paleontologists, late eighteen hundreds, who were trying to discover the most number, <laughs> the highest number of uh, dinosaurs in North America. They absolutely hated each other. They would bribe their workers to destroy bones or to come over to the dark side. Or did any of those dinosaurs end up at the History Museum in, in New York? The American because Museum of Natural History. Mm-hmm. That's the one. That's Be- the one. Well, because of the competition, they discovered like Stegosaurus and Triceratops. But I wonder also if, because of the competition, they just made up dinosaurs. You know. Well, weren't there <laughs> questions about whether Triceratops are are real? Uh, yeah. I think those may have been one of the ones. I'm but still I'm getting positive. over the whole brontosaurus, apatosaurus thing. Wait, whoa. What is that? Were they, was that a bromance or fomance? No, the brontosaurus, <laughs> I guess, wasn't a thing. Yeah, hmm. the brontosaurus the doesn't exist. What? Those, oh man. Wait, yeah. which one's the brontosaurus again? Is that the, the really long, long neck really ones? Big, like, oh my god, my whole, wow. Wait, what do you mean wasn't a thing? Will's freaking out. It, like, it never existed. Out. There's an apatosaurus, which I think is the probably the closest things to what they used to call a brontosaurus. What's an apatosaurus? The closest it's, it's really thing. Uh, it's is really, it like a land animal too? Yeah, land dinosaur. Yeah, Michelle, did you spend many a high uh, school, a grade school field trip at the American Museum of Natural History? I spent many a grade school field trip, plus um, some high school, like some middle and high school field trips. Plus, I took classes in astrophysics there. You're supporting this, wow. the the uh, um, the stereotype that there's like one place in New York and all kids always go there. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of friends who also took classes or like worked or like interned. We learned at the an, museum of natural history. We learned another episode that you never went to Chuck E. Cheese. You just went to Chelsea Pierce. <laughs> I did never go to Chuck E. Cheese. Tamar on the green. There, yep. there are like three places in New York that everyone goes to. Okay. That's pretty cool. This really ruins Jurassic Park for me. It really ruins <laughs> the, the real, the realism that mm-hmm. was in Jurassic Park. Why yeah. do people love Jurassic Park? It's really good. The effect. realism. <laughs> really the realism and the effects. I re- I, I watched not. it again maybe two or three years ago. Yeah, and I didn't. I don't. I remember not liking it the first time and not and wondering why does everybody think this is so great. And then when I rewatched it, uh, even more so, thinking what the hell. Well, you are a famous contrarian, so you have to assume <laughs> that things that people like, you're going to hate. So I think I saw the third one first. Wait, how old are you when you saw? I was like in elementary school. I don't oh, know. So and so annoying. I was really scared when the. It's the winged dinosaur pterodactyl. pterodactyl when a pterodactyl comes walking like oh. on the on the bridge and it's foggy and then they're just like this isn't a bridge it's a bird cage oh. and then it like opens up its wings and like we hate and, I don't, yeah, and I don't want to make a big deal about uh, like the effects were the reason I didn't like Jurassic Park I, I think it was like time appropriate so that wasn't such a big deal but I, I do have a hard time with the whole like the the dinosaurs like attacking. Like we're looking for people and we're going to get you, kind of thing. The, mm-hmm. the sinister motive of the dinosaur. It's not motive. They just need, they want to eat. 
This is like uh, like yeah, alien hungry, movies. hungry dinosaurs. Hey, imagine seeing a little chicken nugget run around. You would go after that, right? <laughs> <laughs> On a related note, yeah. if I can ask, mm-hmm. I've never understood like alien probing. Like, why do aliens respect the the skin barrier? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. Yeah, it, they always make it. They always pose it like as if. Wait, define the skin barrier. Like they won't. They won't give you an injection to try and. Yeah, like, like why get would an whatever alien just like tear you up or just rip you apart? They're very carefully laid there and they're prodding and poking. Where? What if they really? <laughs> what if they don't want to like really like kill the person? You know, the they studied us for a while. But how would they even have the same concept of of living beings or life? I, we're just assuming way too much. Yeah. It's true. Hmm. We got to do the quiz too, Will. Oh, this isn't what the quiz is about. No, oh, aliens, bromance. bromance, Jeff Goldblum and dinosaurs, bromance. No. Um, okay. Okay. Mm. Next one: Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner. Go. No. 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 Everybody, 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 everybody knows, knows this. No, I'm going to say mm. no. Yeah. No. They. Uh, William Shatner had written a book. Um, I think the year that Leonard Nimoy died, but he hadn't spoke to Leonard Nimoy in like five years. That's terrible. Now you, you brought that up before, and I'm still surprised. Like. In episode 93. Yeah, like, and they hadn't talked in five years. Like, there's a yeah. whole lot of people I know that I haven't talked to in five years, and I don't dislike them. It just happens. Five years goes. Oh, yeah, yeah, but then, but then you also you should a book said, about the person. I know, but you should have said, like, 35 years or 40 years. Then it would oh, be I like, oh. Oh, I could okay, say Okay, but that. they probably had to appear at events together before That's then. True. So, yeah. like, there, there's something that is trying to get them William together. I think William Shatner had tried to film Leonard Nimoy without his permission for, like, some whatever documentary William Shatner wanted to do. To make himself relevant again. Now, William Shatner and George Takai. No. I feel like Shatner can't get along with anybody. I'm with Michelle on this. I don't think he has friends. This is what I'm... But from your description of the whole Leonard Nimoy thing, why would anybody be friends with him? That, that was my next one. William Shatner and anybody else. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. We, nope. All right. Nope. Yep. We scooped you. Now, Kenny Baker and Anthony Daniels. Mm. They were the original Loggins and Messina. Yes. Michelle. No. Does anybody know Messina's first name of Loggins and Messina? Did you did you remember that there was a Loggins and Messina before there was a Loggins? John Messina. I don't think that's right. No, I'm thinking of John Cena. That's <laughs> 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 my bad. John M. Cena. I don't want to spend a lot of I don't know, but you can put some Loggins and Messina on the uh, playlist. Yep. I'm going to say down. yes. Is this Kenny Loggins? Yeah, Kenny Loggins, who went on to solo fame. Danger Zone. Actually, so Ben, yes. do you edit Solos. out all the failed cultural references? I wonder if, like, listeners think that we're actually really good at cultural references because you edit out all the ones that I feel flat. like listeners don't think we're I good at think. anything. Like, that's, that's not what they're getting from true. this show. Plus, I think the cultural reference the thing, anyways, is can only make us look bad because it's clearly, like, everybody has a set of cultural references. It just depends on what culture it is. Like, you have a set of a million cultural references. And from Russian spy days, yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. they just don't overlap with ours. So yeah. we, in a presumed position of power, claim that you're the idiot because your cultural references don't match ours, but any astute listener, and our, our, all of our listeners are very all astute. All of them. All three. Would quickly point out that we're just only speaking to our own life experience, mm-hmm. and it's quite folly. To and I'd like to say this has been the argument that I've had for at least three years. It's it's a pretty valid one. Mm-hmm. Although I'm still pretty upset that I suggested that Michael McDonald was in Chicago. That, that's not true. <laughs> I think he was in the Doobie Brothers, but I'm not certain about that either. I, I, I like what I really like though is that how you're still upset about it, but you never took the time to look it up. <laughs> yeah, that's how a cultural reference works. Will yeah. I now, may have looked it up at one time, but I've forgotten now. Simon, would you like to answer Kenny Baker? Yes, they were. I don't think they were friends. They were, of course. Oh, I remember R two D two and C three PO. I actually did oh, forget what this was. I remember yes. this. Yeah. Yes, and, which was and, which? Which was which? 
Uh, Kenny Baker is R2-D2. I, I think that when you do a lot of filming in a desert and one person is essentially in a trash can and the other person is in a suit of armor, you're just not going to be in a good place why? to make relationships. That's also, why R2-D2 sweared so much. Why did yeah. they have to have beep, a person beep. in R2-D2? Why? Um, beep, beep, all right, all right. Beep, beep. They're definitely a fomance. They hated each other, didn't want to go to the same party. Like, I want to see C-3PO and R2-D2 fight. I think that Apparently R2-D2 probably shocked C-3PO with his little probe shocking thing. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think well, that happened. I, I wonder if that gave Kenny Baker... What is C-3PO good for? What does he do? He, he translates. Worries, yeah. translates. Why translates. can't R2-D2 do that? Why can't they just put that function like into R2-D2? No. It wouldn't be as fun. To it's not the future. Beat. It's the very long time. Yeah, past. C-3PO was a protocol robot. And R2-D2 <laughs> was mostly a trash can, I think. <laughs> Um, no, like, he, he has a hologram. He also, yeah, he helps him pilot. Yeah, his, his little head sticks out. He's like the like the portable hard drive for ships. Which one was an expert in? We are making evaporators. Star Wars fans so upset. Oh, that, <laughs> no, he was. That was C three PO. That was C three PO. Now we know how you feel, Ian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was at a party this this <laughs> week and had like a half an hour conversation about Star Wars. So, well, Will is bragging that he was at a party. Uh, this is the thing I don't get about Star Wars fans or just super fans at, mm-hmm. at all. Like it's amusing to be that much of a fan of something, but they're really, they like really get upset. Are they like really fans of it? They don't think it's funny that they're that into it. Wait, it depends on the kind of person you are yeah. and the kind of super fan. Can I make a comment that, that you are getting on people for getting <laughs> upset about minutia? <laughs> I don't even, what, where are we? Can we get a like a little, don't know, sure, whatever. What world are we in? Yes, they get upset about minutia. <laughs> Try and relate, Ben. <laughs> but if you got an argument with them, when you get angry listeners because I don't understand the point of C-3PO, it's not like I don't like the movies. It doesn't take anything away from the movie for me, but they would get upset that I didn't understand. Does that stand for something? Do people know like C-3PO? I think it, I think it shows that you haven't gone back and read the fan fiction. You haven't gone back and read the uh, affiliated books and you that, didn't pay enough attention to the prequels i'm only afraid of Patton oswald listening to this then i think we're in trouble oh god if he would he would to this. destroy us on twitter he would general Patton oswald mm-hmm. okay so, um I, I apologize if you want me to cut all this i probably won't no nah, yeah hmm. my next one was going to be will is is the relationship between ben and simon a bromance or a fomance canadian Studio. I'm gonna say it's dead. Uh, bromance. Dead. <laughs> Jeez. I'm gonna say. No, I'm gonna say bromance. I'm gonna say fomance. Fomance. Ooh. Ben and I are buddies. For the ben. listeners at home, uh, Ben and Simon are now blushing very red. No, you don't right. have a Ben is. Oh gosh. <laughs> you don't have a bromance. <laughs> this is part of Ben's effort to uh, make people think that they spend no time together outside of the podcast. You might have to clarify. Keep for... it quiet, Michelle. I will <laughs> say this: ben, ben and I spend so much time on the podcast. There's actually very little time outside of the podcast in which we could spend time. I've always been a much bigger fan of Jen. <laughs> uh, then we also always ask our guests the ten, twenty, thirty questions. Oh, I have an easy answer. At ten, it was Men at Work, the Australian band, especially their album Down Under. See, which I thought Men at Work sounds like a construction sign you'd see as you're driving by i don't think they realized that when they named the band <laughs> right are you sure i don't they think did. they used that imagery on their album cover at all at all <laughs> <laughs> didn't have occurred to them as as listeners and fans of mine know who who listen to me on other uh famous lafayette radio shows such as remix tape they'll know that at 10 i was big into peter satara once uh, karate kid 2 came out and uh power can i sing it again love i forget what what, what is the name of that song 
bye. We can just play yeah. a clip. Oh, we can just, we can just play no, I'd rather have this. Peter, et cetera. Peter, et cetera. Okay. Yeah, Peter. Yeah. Um, so that was my 10. Peter, my, et cetera. I think my 20, and again, if you are listeners to uh, Remix Tape, uh, at 20, I was, uh, it was mostly Canadian music. It was Tragically Hip. It was Sky Diggers. It's Blue Rodeo, Bare Naked Ladies, all that stuff. Mm. That, was my, that was my thing. Bare Naked Ladies are Canadian? Yes. How did you not I know that? that I all know that. all bare na- naked ladies are Canadian. Good mm-hmm. one, Will. Well, no, nah, that technically not. Michelle, did you say you didn't know that or didn't? <laughs> I did. Technically not. I, I'm, I'm acutely familiar with I that. I did not know that. You didn't know that? Jeez. All the songs that they sing about, like, Hello City is about Halifax. There's probably another one in there about Toronto. So this depends Toronto. on me having listened to them. Yeah, and, and listen yes. to the lyrics closely. What were you at 20? At 20 was uh, the aforementioned, and I think by now uh, on episode 94, often mentioned. Pahish. Transition from Zeppelin to Fish. Mm-hmm. Would you call yourself a grouper? I wish. I tried to, as you know, you, you're, you're quoting my attempt to get that to be the name of Fish fans. I want them to be groupers. Never, never stuck. Can't, I don't know why. I just wasn't influential enough on the scene. Hmm. It happens. What was your, what were you oh, at 30? Now at 30, yeah. uh, I think I decided and remembered and thought that it was a Wilco transition. I would start with the Scrub soundtrack. Um, the first one, not the second one. Classic bromance, JD and Turk. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Callback. Does the one second, the famous does second Scrubs even exist really though? It, it, it actually it does. does. It does. It, I um, too was disappointed. In and it. I think it was okay, but it wasn't as good as the first one. They, they had really good music, like a good soundtrack throughout that series. But Colin Hay is also on that record featured. But did you also get the Garden State soundtrack? Well, Zach Braffio. No, I, I did not get the Garden State soundtrack, although I know in that, you know, new slang by the Shins is played, and it's like, you listen to the song, it cha- it'll change your life. And I have to say, in a way, it kind of did change my life, because it sort of opened up a whole new uh, sort of genre of music to me, and I still love the Shins uh, to this day mm-hmm. for that. So we also know you guys' stance on the um, licorice and Friday and Sunday, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but even more controversial question is, would you rather have only licorice desserts on Friday or chocolate desserts on Sunday? I think it's, um, I don't try to hide the fact. Maybe I do in some way. I think you do. I don't hate black licorice. Oh man. I'm just, I I don't scoop. It's not, it's not that I, um, but do you like it more than chocolate? No, I don't like it more than chocolate, but I like Friday more than Sunday more than I hate licorice more than chocolate. Math. So I would do say that again. Well, it's like the student faculty. You're gonna make us. You're gonna make. Yeah. You're right. You're gonna make listeners diagram. I gotta diagram this out. Yeah, send send a tweet out with a diagram. Oh my god! Use use Microsoft Paint. It's great. You like great Friday. Follow us at my my, 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 date. my preference for Friday over Sunday is stronger than my preference for chocolate over. Liquor. Well, I have I'm on record in the past of acknowledging uh, I'm picking Sunday and chocolate because Sunday morning has grown Sunday. to be carved out as a glorious time of the week, and so since that's half of Sunday. I'm fine mm-hmm. using the the chocolate over licorice to bump the choice to Sunday. Do we have any other questions? I have some, uh, just one sort of piece of advice for you guys as adults, as you as you journey into your adulthood. Speaking oh, I thought you had microphone. housekeeping. Uh, <laughs> no, the uh, the 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 thing is that you're going to be working at places where email is going to be happening, and I want to tell you that if you're emailing a bunch of people, use the blind CC part. Otherwise, you're going to get just a rash of reply alls from people. And especially if it's something where you don't need reply alls, just take that out of the possibility. 
But if it's like, hey, everybody let me know when X are you repl- Are you referring oh. to any recent incidents? Is this, have no. you been caught by one of these? Were I you think, hurt? I think I've, I've been in, in listservs and stuff like that, the people who reply all versus just reply to the person. I think you sort of nip that in the bud by using the blind, the blind CC. So that's my, that's my best advice that mm. I can give both of you. I really appreciate that. Blind CC. Blind CC. Another way to do use blind CC is if you're like emailing someone back and, and then you want to say, hey, look at what I'm saying to this person without the other person knowing. It's a power move. But you yeah, can also use it move. in the way I've suggested, which is don't let anyone know who else is on the list. And then that way they can't reply mm-hmm. to everybody on the list. I've been a blind CC'd person when two other people were having an argument. Ooh. And I, then uh, somebody else like popped up out of the blind CC <laughs> oh, to reply. <laughs> oh, man. That's good stuff. Because they That's hadn't good. thought, they didn't look to see, oh, I was BCC'd. Yeah. What did it, so it's like, don't mind if I jump in here, but uh, no, I have some things like, to say. Or like they had always, they thought they had always yeah, been so included. So how big was the audience then for this argument? Well, I, I don't know how many people were BCC'd. <laughs> can never know. I would it say was, it was probably like maybe six or eight people. And it was like two or three who were actually talking and then somebody like popped up and reply. Oh, that is so awkward. <laughs> well, so don't make that mistake. For right. listeners, I'm cringing right now. Mm-hmm. Are you waiting? For, do, are you, do you looking for me to give advice? Yeah, do you have any advice? Um, I think if you ever need to pick me up, uh, the first, I think it's the first episode of the sixth season of 30 Rock. There's a really good line by Liz Lemon. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Jack's giving her a hard time about the summer, and she he thinks she got, uh, or maybe it was the holidays, he thinks she got a sweater, but turns out she only had a dickie on. She didn't even have a whole sweater. That's just Liz Lemon. And then later in the episode, somebody asked why she was feeling so good. And it's like, maybe it's because somebody's not uh, stuck with a redundant torso fabric. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what's the advice? Yeah, so how does if that... you ever need to pick me up, oh. just mm. that, that whole line and that phrase of redundant torso fabric. That's something you can get tattooed on yourself. Redundant, you, tor- redundant torso fabric. Ian gets redundant tour, and then Will gets so, so fabric. Fab- so fabric. And then, and then you, only by putting your backs together. Uh, will you Does the have joke it on complete? There? Yeah, and that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. You'll that's, what, that's like a 21st century amulet. Yeah, in a way, it is. Mm. That's yeah. actually really beautiful. It is we'll super beautiful. That. Would it, would it be on the part of our bodies where that would be revealed by not having the redundant torso fabric? Yeah. Okay. That would <laughs> just be very clear about super. Yeah, okay. super meta. Cool. Yeah. I think we started the show by concerns over the differences of short sleeve and long sleeve in a hot day. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's good to end it with, torso with closing the circle. Torso fabric. Yeah, torso. Well, Will, where can they uh, follow us? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Twitter at some later date. You can follow us on Spotify at various bread and butters. What if they want to write us, uh, if you want to write us, they can uh, send us an email at various bread and butters at gmail.com. Do you have any upcoming appearances? No. Ian is showing up uh, Friday night at the Chuckle Cave. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm. I don't know. But uh, hey, you guys are graduated and uh, now you've got diplomas and uh, you're off to in the Indonesia world. and Men's Journal. Yep, Men's Journal. Don't be strangers, and uh, I'm sure you'll come visit us when you have the opportunity. All our intern alums are welcome here. Yes. This is a safe space for everybody, but mostly intern. Okay, I think we've covered it. All right. Headphones off. Headphones off. Perhaps it's just imagination. Day after day it reappears. Night after night, my heartbeat shows the fear. Ghosts.
I explained a student to faculty ratio and how yeah. it differs from class size. Oh. And and you were kind of right, or one of you was kind of right. It's the fact that students take four M- classes in Michelle's a semester. Yeah. Michelle, students take four classes in a semester. Faculty teach about two to two and a half. It's that two to one ratio that multiplies by the ten to one ratio that gives you twenty to one class size. Which is not the same as faculty to student ratio. But it's never a faculty student ratio because that would be a number less than one. Yeah, it would be student to faculty faculty ratio. That's how (laughs) ratios work. Student to faculty ratio. So did you think that we had a a faculty to student ratio of 10 to 1 so that there's 10... How uh, how annoying would that be if you had 10 faculty members just on you all the time? (laughs) I don't know. I'd learn a lot, I think. But we would we would have a faculty of 25,000 faculty. I don't think faculty oh. members would, like, care that much. Whatever. Of those faculty, Corn a great percentage of them would not assume that uh, only saying the words backwards somehow implied that the understanding it was does. completely it's backwards. It's actually a pet peeve of mine, Ben. So <laughs> that's, that's where we're going with that. Should Can we explain this for the listeners? Sure. Can we explain it after we talk about the prior pet peeve of the... Uh, I, I don't know if it's uh, age appropriate or just kids these days appropriate, but the absolute inability to commit to something. Oh man! <laughs> what Wait, is up with commit that? to? Can, okay, so let's, can we talk an about example, <laughs> with an example? <laughs> oh man! So so I, I so how many? Like I have a whole the guests get on the hosts. I had to get a Wait. whole new hard drive to store all the notes that I've saved of like students who will say, "Yeah, no, I might be there." That's cool. I should, I should be able to do that. You've talked about this before on air, I think. Probably a great length. I might be there. <laughs> a, lot of, well, a, lot of, uh, a lot of my friends realize that I won't even make dinner plans with them if it's the afternoon. I say, like, I, I have no idea what's going to come up, so I just can't. Ma- Dinner was going to come up eventually. Maybe well, yeah, it reflects. But like, maybe, I don't know. but, like, what if homework takes longer than you expect it to take, or you end up in a meeting longer than you think you're it's going choices. to be, or you run into people and they you make stop choices. you? You or there's choices. a crisis in my house and I can't plan for it. No, nope, then you you've choices. chosen something else over your dinner plan. Mm-hmm. You're, so. What you're saying to that person is that you're. I'm willing to talk about dinner plans with you, but I will not prioritize it. So if it happens, good for you. You're literally there. the lowest person on my but list. But if anything else comes up between now and dinner, I'm ditching you faster than I can even answer this email. Mm. Maybe mm. it's also a problem with language too. Our language is now more like like it's more know, speculative. Like, like you have a lot of like these kind of words where like you diminish tension. Possibly. Maybe it reflects, um, you know, maybe younger people feel like there are le- there's less surety in the world than older people, so it reflects <laughs> kind you, of like... You, you blame the baby boomers for that. Do not blame Generation X. <laughs> we tried We tried our best. <laughs> it may Look just, what we have now. <laughs> it may just as well be the fact that we talk the same way when we were their age. You just don't remember. Definitely not. I was mm. a young, upstanding citizen. Well, we could check that was sure about everything. Totally. Right. <laughs> Those episodes are lost. Too bad. It is too bad. Hi, this is uh, various presents. How do you do it? You say hi. Are you recording, Michelle? Yes.